One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This is the second half of a two-part episode where I take you from Beijing on a 14-hour Chinese sleeper train journey to the North Korean border in Dandong, China. In episode one, we explored Beijing train station's makeover, discussed how this whole train journey works, got told off for videoing and taking pictures, and also got complimented on my Beijing accent when speaking Chinese. I do recommend going back and listening to the first part of this episode, episode 15, otherwise you're just going to be thrown right into the deep end, waking up to the sounds of the Chinese sleeper train you never even boarded in the first place, which, to be honest, no one really needs. In this episode, we finally make it off the train and to the North Korean border. Usually a journey where I would continue on to Pyongyang, but not this time. North Korea remains closed, and it's really anyone's guess when it may open. I have no special insider info, but my guesses and my hopes lie on it being open around this time next year. I can only hope I'm proven wrong in a positive way, that it opens sooner. Thank you for coming back, and as always, feel free to contact me on zoediscovers at gmail.com or any of my social media at zoediscovers or at zoediscoversnk. You can find some live Instagram stories that I took at the time, saved in my highlights, and the full video of the train journey and of Dandong, the North Korean border, is either out now on YouTube already, or coming very soon. Now, let's get back on that train. Good morning, everybody, from the train. It is currently um, five to six in the morning, and I did not sleep well. I don't know if you can hear, um, if I've managed to capture 
the sounds of the train in the background so well, but I spend the night being woken up by a variety of things. Um, I have to say, this train is not how I remembered it. Maybe, um, maybe I, I just used to sleep a lot better, but I got about um, a total of three or four hours sleep. Never mind. Uh, I'm sure you can hear that nice scraping of, I don't know what's happening. It's like a scraping of plastic or something in the background. Anyway, it means that it's impossible to sleep because that was just above my head the whole time. Um, aside from that, I had the door on my side just completely opening and closing anytime anyone was going to the toilet or walking through the carriages and when anyone went to the toilet and then flushed the loo that would then make a massive racket and what's more is um, because my bed is also attached to that side of the cabin that the door is on every time the door would open and close um, it would just shake my bed so and in addition to that in addition to that I almost forgot my good friend um, on the left below me uh, was a snorer so that was nice I think I managed to catch that in recording too anyway it's all part of the experience we're currently going through um, rural China and there's snow on the ground it's incredible uh, lots of snow and ice on the ground and uh, otherwise just looks like some golden and brown colors very very kind of desolate landscape I'm still in bed it's time to get up and out and uh, Bag, bag one of the seats at the window before they all get taken. But it seems that a lot of people have got off the train already. Let me get some breakfast. Okay, so I've just clambered out of bed very graciously and um, currently have a seat next to the window. A good place where I can enjoy my breakfast. We're about an hour and a half away and let's see how far away from Sinuiju we are. We are currently 84 kilometers away from Sinuiju. Sinuiju is the closest um, border city in North Korea to, to where we currently are. So, so we're heading pretty slowly but definitely pretty surely on our way to the North Korean border. Before we get there though, it's definitely time to freshen up, change my clothes and have a coffee. struck me that there is one person that hasn't made an appearance here and it is um, your lady who wakes you up and um, shouts hot coffee and hot milk. I actually really kind of miss her. It's also apparently, let's have a look at the temperature outside because in here it is really hot, um, like really warm and it's because the heating is on really strongly and my hair I don't know if this happens to you guys, but my hair is quite fine and, and thin. So as soon as the heating on, it just gets all staticky and, and I don't know, goes a bit mental. But um, outside, it's apparently zero degrees. So um, it's going to get up to wherever I am now, um, in this small rural village, about an hour away. It gets up to a height of nine. It's three o'clock today, apparently. Currently at zero. Nice and uh, nice and cool. I can look forward to getting out of this train and into the into the cold. So we have stopped in uh, Fengpangtung, which is the stop 
right before we get to Dandong. So we are just under an hour away now, only 13 hours into our trip. And I thought I'd uh, introduce Dandong to you guys a little bit because I realized I haven't, hadn't really done that yet. So Dandong is in the, um, the northeast of China, like I've mentioned, um, and it is in a province called Liaoning, Liaoning province. It's quite a small city um, in China's standards, but it is still home to a massive over 2 million people, apparently, according to the 2020 census. That's the most recent census in China. It is also the largest Chinese border city. So remember that a large portion of China does border North Korea and also a bit of Russia as well. Uh, so there are various other cities that do border um, that do border the DPRK, but this is the largest one. And it's kind of a natural border since it's the, um, the Yalu River that separates it. Um, and it's really only a few kilometers long. This river actually flows further down southwest of the city into the Korea Bay and, um, and into the sea. So you can imagine that Dandong has had a pretty uh, interesting history due to this, um, this location, this kind of strategic location right next to North Korea and also uh, right next to the sea with, you know, with direct access to the sea. This is also where a lot of the trade between North Korea and China flows through. So I'm gonna try and, um, and take you to the bridge to, um, to try and get an insight into some of that today actually because I think trade has kind of started again very recently so let's see if we can see any movement um, as we go up to the bridge but for that you'll have to, um, to check out the video because uh, it'll be very interesting to see. I thought it got a lot colder up here but apparently the coldest it gets is around January and February and gets to around minus seven which which really isn't that bad um, and then the summer months go up to around 23 which is very nice summer months to be honest another interesting thing about Dandong actually is that it's home I think I'm not wrong in saying this I do have to double check it and my VPN isn't working so I can't google it but um I think it's home to the end of the Great Wall, so the Great Wall of China. Um, most people think that it's, it's you know, just in Beijing, which is, to be honest, when you think about it, quite a strange thing to think when you realise how big it is. Obviously, it crosses, like, a lot of the country, um, and it has to end somewhere. And, um, and as Dandong kind of ends into the sea, I'm pretty sure that that's where the Great Wall ends as well. You can actually visit the end of the Great Wall. It's in Dandong. So. Otherwise, at least, if, if that's not correct, it does definitely have some part of the Great Wall in it as well. Apparently, in 2001, Dandong was granted the Best Tourist Destination City Award by the National Tourist Administration. I am not entirely sure about that. I have no idea. There are so many cities in China. I have no idea why Dandong, of all places, was granted that. I have, you know, I've spent a fair amount of time in Dandong. Fair enough. I don't know it super well. Um, but I think I know it well enough to know that it's not somewhere that I want to stay for too long. I've, I've stayed overnight here a few times. I, I think maybe I'm missing something, but... Um, yeah, it's really only the border that's interesting up here. I don't know why it would be the best tourist city. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're about to find out. See some more. Oh. 
Obviously, because of its proximity to the Korean border, there's actually a massive Korean community that live here. Um, there are, of the 2 million population, there's actually between 20 and 30,000 uh, ethnic Koreans that live here. Um, there are a lot of other ethnicities as well, 29 ethnic groups to be exact. There's the Han ethnic group, which is the you know biggest Chinese, Han Chinese ethnic group. And then you've also got Manchus, Mongolians, um, various others as well. Because of this big, um, big Korean population, a lot of the signs um, are written in both Korean and in Chinese as well, which is super interesting. I love these, I love these border cities with North Korea, where you have these massive, thriving Korean communities. You have like Koreatown and stuff like that, and it feels really like you're in Korea some of the time because all of the signs they they are in Korean. So apparently, according to Wiki, I've now managed to access. Um, China handles around 40%, so just under half of all of North Korea's trade. And, um, and of that, half of that, even further, is in Dandong alone. So that's to give you an example of the scale of the um, kind of bilateral relations and economic um, imports and exports that you can find in this relatively small city in Dandong. And of the almost 6 million tourists that travelled to Dandong in 2004. Clearly they got the memo about it being the best tourist city uh, in the whole of China. Um, only 16,000 of these went on, apparently, to visit North Korea. Bit of a shame. Opportunity missed there. Never mind. There's always time to go back, guys. Dandong also has a variety of um, friendship cities, so if you're from uh, France, South Korea, Russia, Japan, the UK or the US, listen up. Because I may just be about to read out your city that is a sister city with Dandong in uh, northeast China. In France, we have Paris. In South Korea, we have Weijongbu. In Russia, we have Astrakhan. So sorry about that pronunciation. Tokushima in Japan, very interesting, I've been there. Doncaster of all places in the UK, in South Yorkshire, Doncaster, man, been partnered since 1988. And Dandong's first ever sister city is in the US apparently, in Wilmington, North Carolina. There you go, shout out to Wilmington, North Carolina. Bet you didn't know that your city is partnered with Dandong, just on the North Korean border. Now, I don't think I'm doing Dandong much justice. Uh, once we get off the train, in about half an hour, I'll be able to take you to some landmarks. And uh, Dandong is where we will be finishing this podcast today. So the woman on the radio talking in, in very nice Chinese is reminding us not to forget our goods, not to forget all of our um, our important things, our watches, our phones, stuff like that, and uh, reminding us very kindly to um, to put anything in the bin that um, that is uh, deemed rubbish. As we're approaching Dandong as well, when you are just coming from Beijing, it's it's crazy to think or like, I mean. You just don't really think that landscapes like this exist. Like, you know, I'm looking out to very rural villages that, you know, all have red flags up or the Chinese flag up and carts are being pulled by donkeys. Um, 
you know, houses are very, very small, there's things crumbling everywhere, rubbish everywhere. Uh, it's very, very small rural villages. Uh, and then, you know, kind of vast expanses of land and farming land in between them. Very similar to North Korea, actually, to be honest. The colours and stuff like that remind me of going through North Korea and in the winter getting into spring. It's lots, lots of browns, lots of greys, but then, you know, in the distance maybe a bit of green, lots of corn everywhere. You can see everyone piling up the corn. It must be corn season at the moment. But then every so often, every few minutes, you'll get to a, a massive road or a, or a big city or a, you know, not a big city, but a big city in comparison to the, to the small villages. And you'll come across a random block of, of, of flats and you're just like, are there people living here? And you can, the train's going slowly enough, you can kind of see into the windows. Some of them have curtains open, some of them have things up still from Chinese New Year, so, you know, people are really living here, but it just feels so random, like vast expanses of farming land and then small rural villages, and slap bang in the middle, massive flats, blocks of flats, about 12 stories high, maybe even higher. So who's living here? Very, very different from um, the big cities, Beijing, Shanghai, and East, East China, and very different from Shenzhen, Southern China as well. Definitely colder. Although being on this train reminds me so much of, um, of Beijing winters um, and how the heating system works. So it's actually really interesting. In China, the, the heating is centralized, which means that you that everyone above um, basically everyone in the northern part of China gets heating from the government um, and everyone in the southern part of China misses out on that I think there's um I can't remember the river there's a river cutoff line it kind of means that people just south of that river really suffer because it's <laughs> pretty much the same temperature as just north of it uh, but they don't get the heating they have to pay for it themselves and sort that out themselves but in Beijing it gets so hot during the winter in um, in your apartment, in the flats and stuff. It's really kind of hard to control that temperature. And it, it turns on, I think, around mid-November. I think the 11th or the 14th of November, by memory. And it turns off sometime mid-March, uh, I think. So it's already off by now, the, the centralized heating system, I think. Uh, but this train carriage really reminds me of it because it's so hot in here. And, you know, there have been times in Beijing where I've had to open the window. It's been so hot. And we're in the office and stuff, it's too hot. This train, you know, there are people walking around completely topless. Uh, the guys, obviously. Uh, it's just very, very hot in here. And outside, you can see people wearing massive coats. I know it's freezing. <laughs> we are currently going through the tunnel just outside of, um, of Dandong, which means that we are pretty close. We are probably already 10 minutes late. It's okay, but uh, everyone's starting to get ready queuing up at the doors to get off as soon as possible. Uh, so I'll be getting my stuff together as well. <laughs> Very excited to get off this train. <laughs> All right, so we finally got into Dandong, just got off the train, and I can say it is absolutely freezing. Um, my weather was, <laughs> my weather app was not lying. It is very cold. Um, it's very dry. Whew. 
feels so weird to be back here. Can't believe I just sat in the train for 14 hours just to get up here though. Man. Oh, feels good to get those legs moving. And boy will I need it. Freezing. You need to remember about Chinese train stations. Um, not so um, important right now because I guess you only need your ID, but um, you do need your tickets to like exit the train station. Now I'm guessing all we need here is our uh, ID cards because that's all we, all we needed to get in. So um, you always have to, you know, some people just like throw their tickets away, stuff like that, whilst you're on the train. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but it's good because this time, um, I guess there's no one, no one's going to be throwing their passports or ID cards away. So that's one less thing to worry about. I don't know how much you can hear the wind, but it is windy here. And it's like seven degrees combined with the wind. Whew. It's freezing. I just walked out of the train station and um, I'm greeted with a massive statue of Mao. This is one of the uh, sites. Maybe it's why in 2001 Dandong won the Tourism Awards. Uh, it's one of the famous sites in, um, in Dandong is this massive Mao statue. Uh, one of the few places that you can still find them in China right now. Whew. Just go and have a walk over and seeing Mao before I walk the opposite way to go up to see the other sites of Dandong, the Friendship Bridge over the North Korean border. And there he is, standing in all of his glory, facing Beijing with his right arm lifted, looking out towards the Chinese capital. He's got a big coat on. He knows it's cold. He was better prepared than me. The temperatures that your, uh, that your phone battery just dies in, I hope. I hope mine's gonna stay alive and my cameras will stay alive. And this mic, let's see how it goes. Ooh, just need to get another coat out of my bag. Ooh, it's freezing. So, just got my second jacket out. Definitely regretting my lack of gloves. Don't know how much filming I can do here. Uh, just paid a visit to Mao, so um, it's now to the right-hand side of the train station, when you walk out of the train station to the right-hand side, that's where you can get down to the bridge. So it's about a 10-minute walk. Hopefully my hands will survive until then. I very much regret the lack of gloves <laughs> and my oversight of the cold here. Been to, um, to this area of the border for a long time, probably like over a year or something. Sorry, probably like over four years. Um, because before COVID, I didn't really go to this border a lot. Basically what I would do, because you have an hour um, from when the train arrives in Dandong, you have about an hour or two, depending on what time it arrives, before uh, the train to Pyongyang then departs. And so I, you know, I just basically say to everyone, hey, this is where the, um, this is where the North Korean border is. You walk 10 minutes this way, it's just one straight road. This is where the KFC is, you know, people want to get breakfast. This is where the Starbucks is. Usually, uh, really annoyingly, the Starbucks opens at like nine o'clock, like just before you need to get back to the train station. So I'm like, guys, if you can get me a Starbucks on your way back. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Um, so I usually just kind of, I either chill out in the KFC and let people know, hey, I'm going to be in the KFC if you need me, get myself some breakfast. But I, um, I very rarely actually go up to the border um, 
I also look after people's bags and stuff. Yeah, like, that's what I usually do. Gosh, it's been such a long time. I say to people, hey, come to KFC with me. Leave your bags there. Feel free to walk up to the border. And then people can walk up to the border without their bags, have their first look inside North Korea before they then cross the bridge themselves. Um, and, uh, and so it's never usually me going up. I think I've only been to, despite the fact that I've been on that train about 30 times, I think I've only ever been up to the, up to the bridge and up to the border two or three times before. So um, it's been a while. Luckily, you can't really get lost. It is just one straight road right the way down until you hit the river. I wouldn't recommend walking any further than that, trying to cross over that. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's a Starbucks just coming up to the left of me that has saved me many a, um, many an early train morning. Nice start. Always needed before you enter a trip into North Korea, for me anyway. I just like my home comforts and there is no good coffee in North Korea, let's be honest. Definitely no Starbucks at least. There is the river. I'm just, just took me about five minutes to walk down across all of the shops that, um, that are written in both Chinese and Korean. I think I passed one of like the little customs area as well. Yes. But right in front of me, right now, that's the river. And just come into sight is the Friendship Bridge. That is the bridge joining North Korea and China. And right next to it is another one, the Broken Bridge. And this one was bombed. So you basically can walk along the Broken Bridge uh, up until about halfway. <laughs> not into the North Korea side, but the Friendship Bridge goes all the way, all the way across. Uh, the Broken Bridge is, as the name might suggest, still very much broken. If you can hear the seagulls in the background, there's quite a few um, seagulls flying over. They know no boundaries. North Korean seagulls or Chinese seagulls, who knows? Flitting between the two borders crossing the river so easily. It's quite busy here actually. It's really nice weather. It's, it's cold and windy, but it's, um, it's really gorgeous. Blue skies, not a cloud in the sky. It's really nice actually. And the sea's quite calm. The river's quite calm. Lots of people with, um, with handbags, with chasanots, uh, kind of selling them so you can get a photo. You know what, if I have time, I might just get a photo with them. <laughs> Why not? That's a door, yeah. It's a Ten renminbi. It's about a pound or a dollar. It's not too bad. Might get me one of those when I leave later. 
it's a shame. I um I was accosted by uh, by one of the the ladies doing tours. So you can actually do a river tour in Dandong, um, which which goes along the Yalu River. Obviously, not not to North Korea, but um, you can go along like a scenic river tour. Um, but they are only doing like full day tours or like uh, two and a half, three hour tours, and I just can't really commit to that right now. I would have done it for an hour or so, but two and a half hours is a bit long on a boat. Where would you go as well? To the left of me, I think you can probably start to hear the music behind me. Um, we've got your typical Ais, your typical Chinese aunties dancing, facing the border dressed all in red. All of them are in red. At least a, a piece of red or something. Red pants, red hats. Incredible. I love the dancing aunties. One thing that's really noticeable when you get to Dongbei, the northeast of China, is that people are a lot taller. You know, um, there's the thing is the influence from like, you know, obviously a lot closer to Russia and or Manchuria and stuff like that, people really do get a lot taller. Just at the Friendship Bridge is a sign that says um, no drones allowed at the border. <laughs> wonder why. I wouldn't think about bringing my drone here. Guys asking me to take a picture of me. Hey, <laughs> The third person. <laughs> third person taking a photo. So I just got um just got asked by three guys. One guy one guy was brave enough. I heard them talking in Chinese. One guy was brave enough. Well, they were all saying that they wanted a photo with me. One guy was brave enough to come and ask and then obviously once I said yes to him, I had to say yes to them all, so I got held up taking photos. <laughs> That's something that doesn't happen in Taiwan too often. Always in China, though. I often start off saying to them, yeah, sure, 100 RMB, one photo. Sometimes they, they say, yeah. Lucrative business. We're now walking from the Friendship Bridge, which is just in front of me, a little bit further to the next bridge which is the broken bridge and that is where my journey will finish with you guys today the broken bridge stops halfway between china and the dprk here we have um, an example of some fake money being sold as well maybe it's real let's have a look north korean money how much are they selling this for yeah so they're selling North Korean money. They're, they're selling um, it in packets that I, that I think are fake, I'm not sure. But um, the money probably is. 
has a cholama right in front. Oh, and it has some of the leaders. It's got Kim Il-sung, Kim Jong-il, and uh, Kim Il-suk, the mother of Korea. And some North Korean cigarettes as well. As well as some Chinese cigarettes. And some South Korean cigarettes. All kind of put together. It's strange. <laughs> These ones are very, very typical North Korean. For some reason as well, right next to all of this um, all of this North Korean stuff. Well, they have binoculars, if that makes sense. They have back scratches, which is a bit bizarre. Uh, they have binoculars. Uh, they have some soap. I think this is um, some maybe, oh yeah, ginseng. Ginseng soap. They've got razor. I don't really know why they've got a razor. That looks definitely like it's made in North Korea. And then, right next to it, we've got all these guns. <laughs> Toy guns, I hope. And then, uh, Peppa Pig baskets. So, um, the wonderful things that you can get at the, uh, at the North Korean border. And here's me thinking that there were tons of birds about. Nope, it's just some guy selling one of those bird toy things. It makes bird noises. Thanks for serenading me. <laughs> Standing in between the two bridges. The two bridges are located very, very close together. Um, like, you know, within 30 seconds walk of each other. One bridge goes all the way from China to North Korea. That's the newest one, the Friendship Bridge. Then the other bridge, the broken bridge, that was bombed during the war. Various efforts were made to put it back together, but it was never put back together. And now it stops at the China side of the river. It's just a, a bridge to nowhere. So let's head up that bridge to where we are going to finish this episode today. Out of me, I guess you can hear that thumping. That's someone making um, what they call here to be North Korean mochi. I don't really know how it's North Korean. Maybe because it's made in a very traditional way, which is very much how I've made it in North Korea as well in the Northeast, um, by taking a hammer and slapping these, uh, this slab of, of, of boiled and sticky together, sticky rice. Um, and they just keep slamming it. Uh, usually it's a two person job. So usually you'll have one person kind of folding it over the other um, and then the other person will be slamming it halfway through but this guy is just doing everything himself that's good though I feel like this is stuff that you can probably get anywhere though to find a ticket that is just um, 30 minutes so I'm just walking onto the boat now we're gonna have to wait until it fills up this is a bit frustrating but hopefully it goes sometime soon I don't know how how well you can um, you can hear me because I am uh, I am on the boat I'm uh, inside the boat right now uh, so it's a little bit less loud than when I'm outside the boat so um, luckily I managed to I managed to get a boat there are actually options of 30 minutes 15 minutes and uh, two 15 minute options actually but the shorter that you come here for the, um, the more expensive it is so I'm on a half hour ride and um, just, uh, just the boat just started up, so um, let's get going. We had to wait here for about, um, about 20 minutes for the bus to fill up. 
it's kind of annoying. And now they're um, they're obviously starting to sell stuff. You can buy binoculars here. Uh, you can then also buy Korean goods, I suppose. Everyone's buying the binoculars. <laughs> I assume that this boat journey is just going to go um, up one side of the river and then back on down. Um, let's see what we can what we can get a look of as we go. We won't really be able to get any closer, I presume, than um, than on the bridge. But at least we'll get like a different view and more of a more of a detailed view into North Korea, I suppose. Alright, so we can still go outside here. And um, okay, I don't know how well you can hear me, but I'm currently outside. Um, we have this massive comparison seeing the two cities between Dandong and North Korea. Very loud. I love the fact that on the back of this, on the back of this ship, they have a um, have a big Chinese flag. Currently going past some North Korean buildings. Can't really quite make out what they say on them. I wish I'd wear my glasses. Actually, <laughs> then I would be able to see a lot better. Seems to be a lot of construction work going along. Mainly just ships, to be honest. That's uh, that's all you can really see. Now we're making our way along um, across the, to the shipyard. You can see people working on the ships. A truck is going past with I don't know what's in it. To me, it just looks like dust and gravel. I'm sure it's probably something which more specific than that. Um, it's cool seeing people working on the ships. Um, and, uh, and you can also see on the cranes as well that uh, I don't know what they're doing on the ships, but there's a big crane in the middle and it says Ilshim Dangyol, which means um, single hearted unity. It's a very common phrase in, in North Korea. Ilshim Dangyol. What else can we see? The shore is pretty much lined with. With boats, to be honest, with boats and a few and a few buildings and trees, and then in the background you can start to see some some skyscrapers. You can see some um, some bigger buildings, uh, not skyscrapers. In the background you can start to see some flats, some apartment buildings. Some of them look like they're fairly new but old at the same time. You know, they don't look like they look half built. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> some of them are, are completely built, but looking a bit old some of them are very colorful you know the pastel colors of Korea you've got your blues and your whites and your pinks um, and then others are very gray and then in the background you can even see the mountains in the back of North Korea and of course the first thing that we actually passed on here that I forgot to mention um, is the uh, the ferris wheel that you can see it's one of the first things that you see uh, when you get into North Korea, when you get into Sinuiju, there's a playground and a Ferris wheel. I suppose you can see this Ferris wheel. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> there's more seagulls. It's just amazing. Um, to them, there is no border. You know? I love that. It's 
so we've just turned, turned the boat around. We got to the end of, um, I suppose, the harbour, the end of the point that we're going to on this on this 30 minute trip. And now, um, now we're just heading right back. And it, we seem to be heading right back way closer to the Chinese side now. They did warn us, interestingly enough, that, um, you know, North Korea, they're still wearing masks. And in China, you don't have to wear masks. But they did warn us that, um, you know, if we want to go outside of the boat, then we should probably put masks on because um, it's still like a permit, like it's still what they have to do in North Korea. And so that was quite interesting. But uh, no one did that. Everyone just went outside anyway. So just turning back now. Finally get along on shore. Chinese flag waving high and proud in the wind as we head back to the port. We're getting off at it, Dandong. Finally slowing down. I'm gonna get back inside, get my stuff, get ready to go back on shore. I do get a bit seasick, so I'm really happy to be um, be getting back on land to be honest. That is the boat journey finished. Finally, just walking up the ramps back onto shore. Ah, oh, glad that's over. <laughs> it was a nice little insight into um, into something more than than you can see, I guess, from just standing along the shore. If you have time, maybe you can do a longer one. North Korean music playing. It's been a while since I've heard that song. Oh, let's make it finally onto the bridge. So we've just got to the uh, the entrance of the broken bridge. I forgot you have to pay. It is um, 30 renminbi entry, which is about about three dollars just less than three dollars it's more um the sign on the uh the yalu river broken bridge reads the yalu river broken bridge is the first iron bridge over the yalu river it was completed by the railway bureau of japanese governor's office okay not quite yet okay gonna ask for another photo um, let's start that one again. The Yellow River Broken Bridge is the first iron bridge over the Yellow River. It was completed by the Railway Bureau of Japanese Governor's Office in Korea in 1911 with a length of 944.2 meters and a width of 11 meters. During the Korean War, only four of 12 arches of the bridge survived from the bombing by American Air Force in 1950. The bridge has become the classic revolutionary scenic spot and cultural relic under the state level protection. There we go. So we just put our ticket through the machine, went through a security area that is so typical of China. It just looks like a security area where you're supposed to put your bags through, but actually no one really checks. Um, and when you get through, you get through to this area where it's got like military equipment that um, was used between 1950 and 1951. It's like, um, I don't know what kind of equipment it is. Something that fires guns uh, anyway. <laughs> Something that can do some damage. Before you, um, before you get to the top of the bridge, which we are walking up the stairs now, and 
when you get to the top of the bridge on the Chinese side, you'll come to some statues. Yes, revolutionary fighters. Let's have a look. And then the inscription at the bottom of the of the statue, it says for peace. It's quite an epic sight really. You've got the buildings of, of Dandong in the background just casually doing their own thing. And then on top of this bridge, you've got these very, very many statues um, in bronze looking out towards Korea actually and, and looking like they're about to go to war. I guess the guy in the middle leading them with binoculars is probably Mao. Let's see if I can read the Chinese. Can't tell. It's so funny as well, like in, um, in Taiwan, I'm always mistaken for an American person. They're always like, oh, you're American. And, um, and here some people just came up to me and started speaking to me in Russian. Like, I'm not Russian. Always happens in China. In China, I'm Russian. In Taiwan, I'm American. <laughs> right, Dad. I'm finally here. I don't know if you can tell. Um, it's a little bit windier out here, right in the middle of the river. Um, but I am currently at the spot closest to North Korea that I suppose most people can really be right now. There's probably closer, closer spots on land borders, technically. Um, but I am just a couple of kilometers away from um, from North Korea. I can see into see into apartments here, like see windows, and I can see that Ferris wheel that usually greets you as you go straight into straight into North Korea and into Sinuiju train station. Um, just had to uh, stop that recording for another for another photo opportunity. Really should stop charging for these. Um, no, I can. You can see you can see lots of buildings. Um, looks like it hasn't changed one bit. Just like China, to be honest. So this is where I am going to stop the podcast recording, guys. This is where the episode finishes today. I want to thank you for for joining me along this massive German journey all the way from Beijing to right up to the middle of the Ihalu River. Um, quite quite the journey, and uh, and it was really great having you along with me to accompany me um, on a journey that, to be honest, I've never really done alone before. So I'm going to soak up the rest of my time at the North Korean border, spend a bit more time walking up and down the river, and um, just enjoy being being close to Korea that I've, that I've not been able to get into for so long. Hopefully, the next time I'll be here, sometime soon, will be in order to get over the border, not just stand looking here at it. I'm one person, um, and I'm just a tourist in North Korea after all. I hope that soon, I mean, it's looking promising, there's trade that started, I just saw a freight train going through between, uh, from North Korea actually to China, um, so I just saw that. It's hopeful, it's a hopeful sign that things are getting back to normality, and mainly for the North Koreans, all the North Koreans that are stuck abroad right now, stuck abroad uh, in China, that can't get back home and haven't been able to get back home for all these years and haven't been able to be in contact with friends and family, you know, that's, that's the real issue here. So I hope that for them this, um, this border crossing becomes uh, 
a reality sooner rather than later. They can get back to their friends and family and back to their realities. So I hope you enjoyed it and I uh, hope you remember to tune in next time. And please do head over to the YouTube channel and also my Instagram. Um, I was live Instagramming stories uh, whilst I was here. In fact, I still am. Um, multitasking, doing a YouTube video, doing uh, live Instagram stuff and also uh, doing this podcast. So uh, it's been a busy trip actually, to be honest. Um, but do head over to my Instagram. Um, I've saved them to my highlights. You can see um, some visuals there and then you can also check out the YouTube video. If it's not out by this week, then it will be out in the next couple of weeks. So, so look out for that. Thank you very much for joining me. And uh, if you have any questions, do find me on zoediscovers at gmail.com and all my social media handles are at zoediscoversnk or at Zoe Discovers. See you next week, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.